About 120 years ago, there was a Russian priest that was walking along a road on a wintry night, and um, he was stopped by a soldier. And the soldier confronted him and said, um, who are you? Where are you going? Why are you going there? And uh, the, repeat, the priest had a really strange response. He said, uh, how much do you get paid? And the Russian pre or the Russian soldier said, "Oh, about a hundred kopecks a day." And and the priest said, "Well, I'll double that if you for the rest of your life if you would stop me every day and ask me those same three questions: Who are you? Where are you going? Why are you going there?" Many students come to university often unsure of the answers to these questions, struggling with their identity, their purpose, their sense of calling. Some years ago, a couple of years ago, I was part of a project that the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada put together with a number of our campus ministries and churches. Uh, and the project resulted in some research called Renegotiating Faith, Young Adult Transition Research. And it basically answered the question, why do some Christians who go to university not do so well? So let's back up a little bit. You know, in ancient years, young people by about age 12 would transition from childhood to adulthood. We've, uh, over recently, in the last 50 or 60 or so years, um, developed a phase called being a teenager. And we've pushed off the emerging adulthood into later and later and later. And even now, uh, in the last number of years, um, it's not enough to finish high school. You have to go off to university. And even then, you probably have to do graduate work. And so now we have this emerging adulthood um, where People are almost 30 before they really enter into what we might call full adult uh, functioning. And that might be measured by leaving home, their first marriage, finishing university, getting a job, um, and getting established in their career. So one part of this is identity formation. And this is very, very important. A person, a young adult, being able to establish their sense of identity. Who am I? Where am I going? Why am I going there? Part of this, too, is differentiation. This is the aspect of separating from mom and dad. Uh, they begin to make their own decisions. And this is why we find, uh, for those of us in campus ministry, that uh, young adults coming into our sphere of influence um, they may be rejecting a little bit of what uh, happened at home and who they were at home. Now, some of this differentiation can even be over uh, their religion, their background as Christians. Hence, why some Christians coming into university can't wait to uh, just establish their own uh, thing, their own identity, and differentiate from mom and dad. And we can mitigate that somewhat. We can mitigate that through um, uh, a good handoff between their high school and going into university, a handoff between a youth leader to a campus leader, 
And mentoring becomes significant through all of this. Their ability to find a, um, a campus group very early. If nothing's done, the research showed that uh, about 16% would do well. But if they can be mentored well before and after and and the handoff occurs and they find a faith group, a Christian group within their first month, it increases to over 70%. So this is significant. But so mentoring is important and their sense of identity is part of that process. But they establish a number of other fears. The the FNBA, the fear of not being amazing. Another fear is FOMO, fear of missing out. Or FOPM, fear of passionless monotony, the fear of going into a boring job. And again, the mentoring role that happens through this period is really significant and is really important. I've seen this in, in both undergraduate ministry, but also in part of my ministry to medical students. Uh, with medical students, their identity in Christ is very significant. They can be overwhelmed with the pressures of med school, saying yes to everything and a bit by bit saying no to their spiritual formation, their identity in Christ, or finding a faith community. They can struggle with not feeling good enough. The imposter syndrome, you know, why on earth, how on earth did I get into med school? So a passage of scripture that has been significant in my own life um, is Mark 1.11. And this is at the point of Jesus' baptism, where Jesus says, or God says to Jesus, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Jesus was so secure in his identity that he could go through his entire ministry secure in this relationship that he had with his father. Every day. He could get up and hear the voice of his father saying, You are my son, whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. In fact, it's repeated that phrase several times in the book of Mark. The Mount of Transfiguration. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. And even at the cross, the centurion speaks out, Surely this man was the son of God. So this sense of identity is all through. It really is uh, shows up in John Chapter 13, when Jesus was uh, with his disciples, and it says he got up and he wrapped a towel around his feet and he washed his disciples' feet. But just before that, it says Jesus knew where he'd come from and knew where he was going. Jesus knew who he was, where he was going, and why he was going there. So his sense of identity and purpose was so rock solid that serving his disciples by washing their feet was no big deal. Now, I've been a campus leader um, with the Navigators at, to McMaster for uh, most of my life, most of my career, uh, over 36 years or so. And I've had various leader roles. Uh, at one point, I was the Ontario Campus Director overseeing all of our campuses. And there was a certain point where, for various reasons, I felt I needed to resign. And it didn't go well for me. I struggled. I really struggled. And a lot of it was because my identity was too much wrapped up in my role as a navigator staff, as a navigator leader, as an Ontario director. And it was this verse that really, really helped me. I began to hear the voice of God. I memorized it. And every day I would hear God saying to me, Don, 
You're my child, and I love you, and uh, you belong to me, and uh, I get a real kick out of you. I really enjoy you. I look forward to my relationship with you every day. Um, that was huge, and it still is. You know, the struggle goes on. Um, just last year, I was with uh, in a group with our, our colleagues, my staff workers, and as I reflected on uh, just uh, some of my of who I was, um, I began to compare myself with some of the superstars out there, some of the people that were doing so well in either the Navigator Ministry or other ministries. And uh, I reflected. I said, "You know, I'm just not a Paul. I'm a Barnabas, um, and I'm enough." And I teared up a bit. So do you ever feel that you're not enough? That you're ordinary? That you're not a spiritual superstar? I really like Barnabas because he was behind the scenes so much. But he was an encourager, a mentor, and alongsider. He was faithfully present. And I realized that's who I was. And it was okay to be a Barnabas. But what about you? Do you ever feel inadequate? Do you compare yourself with others? Just know you're a beloved child of God. Do you believe you could uh, never disciple another by saying, I don't know enough. I don't have my life together. What if I tell you that you can? You can be an encourager and alongsider. Just grab a coffee with someone. Open up a Bible. Encourage them. Pray together. And repeat. So, um... I think I just want to close by saying, I am enough. You are enough. You are loved. You have a secure identity in Christ. You know who you are. And as a result, you know where you're going. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this would be an encouraging word to anyone who hears that we are beloved children of God and that he's well pleased with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.